You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 262. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantors. I help high-performing professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills, which you can learn more about at thecmethod.com. That's thecmethod.com. Now, I hope you're doing well this week. Maybe restrictions are lifting in your city. Maybe you're allowed to get out and about or maybe visit people, which is all very exciting. It's nice to get some face-to-face communication back right? It's very, very refreshing. It makes you realize how much you missed it when you're stuck at home in front of a computer. All right, let's get into today's episode. I'm really excited to be sharing, well, kind of resharing this conversation that I had uh, where I was interviewed recently by Neshad Gadani and Carolyn Brown. Now, uh, we did a LinkedIn Live. So Neshad and Carolyn have, have been undertaking this phenomenal task of doing a LinkedIn Live every single weekday, right? It's at 3 p.m. Melbourne time. So if you're interested, go check it out. They're calling it the Career Care Package, and it's all about helping you through these uncertain times. And I was really excited to be on the show because we were talking all about how to communicate like a pro, and we had a really awesome conversation Went for about 50 minutes, which I have edited down here, but I loved it so much. I asked Naishad, you know, can I share it on my podcast? And he said, absolutely, yes. So if you are looking for actionable tips on how to push out of your comfort zone, um, better manage your fear and learn some tips for communicating better through your verbal and nonverbal communication, then this episode is for you. Now, please note that this was recorded Um, as a LinkedIn Live, and so it doesn't sound exactly the same as my other podcasts. Sometimes we do talk over each other a little bit and it gets a little muffled, but you get the gist. You still get the message. Now, this podcast was originally published on Your Career Down Under. Now, Neshad is a career coach for migrants and international graduates. So if working on your career is something that you um, are determined to do and you're actively working on it at the moment, definitely check out that podcast. And Carolyn Brown is a LinkedIn profile writer. She's really excellent at personal branding and making sure you stand out super well on paper. So make sure you connect with both of them on LinkedIn. I'll put um, links to where you can connect with them in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 262. All right, let's get into this conversation that I had with Neshad and Carolyn. Very excited to have you here, Christina, because um, both Nash and I help people find jobs and do coaching around interviewing and presentations and things like that. And one of the things that I always find is that everybody thinks that they're a great communicator um, because they can speak. So probably guilty of that myself. So um, we want to have a chat with you around um, what makes a good communicator um, particularly in this time where we're all having to do Zoom meetings and project ourselves um, more online. But I think it'd be really useful to start off with um, getting you to give our audience a rundown of the type of work that you do with people and how you came to be doing what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Caroline. And thanks, Neshad, for having me. I think it's amazing that you're doing this as a daily show. I 
I do a weekly podcast and that's hard enough. That's enough work in itself. So to do a daily show is amazing. So, you know, thank you for for the work that you're you're both doing. So I run a business called The C Method. People ask me what the C stands for. It's I say that it stands for communication, connection, and creativity, because that's what I help people bring more of into their life. And also I'm Christina Cantors. I figured that's, you know, genius. <laughs> It is. It is. Um, I started off as an architect. That was my technical background. And I went through my own journey of learning how to become a better speaker because at university they make you get up and present your work, but they don't teach you how to do it. And I Mm. remember getting so anxious at one point because the tutors would sit there and they would tear your work down in front of everyone. And it was the worst experience or introduction to public speaking that you could have. And I remember there was one point where I got so anxious, I found myself running to the bathroom and just bursting into tears and shaking all over. And I remember thinking to myself, I never want to let this happen to me ever again. I do not want to experience this. And so I took it upon myself to learn how to be a better speaker. So I enrolled myself in a course and it was there that I learned that, oh, it's communication is a skill. It's just Mm. like learning to ride a bike or learning how to code or, um, you know, learning how to bake a cake. You can learn it. And I this is the first mistake a lot of people make, Caroline, is that they think, oh, communication is either something you have or you don't have. Mm. Some people are naturally confident on stage and others just aren't. Mm. And this is completely false. I learned firsthand that you can learn to become a better communicator. And so when I was in the workplace, I applied these new skills to my job and I put my hand up to speak and I gave presentations and um, I put myself out there and I made myself more visible in the workplace. Mm. And I saw, so this was in a a company of 120 people, so it was very easy to get lost and to not Mm. be seen. And I noticed that whenever there was an opportunity to be visible, to speak up, to do a presentation, Everyone would look at the floor. They would point to each other. You know, <laughs> Sorry, you know. doing that now. <laughs> yep, just not not doing it. And I realized how many people fear speaking, yeah. or they don't want to communicate and put themselves out there and be visible. And I remember thinking, why are you? Why is no one else doing this? Mm. I didn't realize at the time that people were so fearful of being judged, of failing. Um, you know, I've been seen as not being good enough. But I, I put myself out there and I saw how much it benefited me in my career. In that short period of time, I was able to uh, move up in, in, in the company and get great jobs. And we had redundancies, a lot of redundancies in architecture, and I, I was never made redundant. So I, I saw that it really did benefit me um, being able to speak up like that. Mm. And it got to the point where I... I wanted to leave architecture and find more meaningful work for myself. Kudos to any architects out there. It's really challenging. I'm not certainly not cut out for it. And I thought, you know what, I want to help other professionals to learn how to communicate better and to fulfill their potential. Because what, what I see now in the clients that I work with is that many professionals are really talented at what they do. They work really hard. They're very qualified yet they're not getting the recognition or they're not seeing the advancement that they deserve purely Mm. because they don't 
believe in their value. They're not articulating this properly. They're not articulating their ideas well. Um, they don't know how to speak um, effectively with senior people or to present themselves well. And and as a result of this, they hold themselves back from going for these opportunities. Mm-hmm. And and then this means that they just don't progress in their career. And I get a lot of clients coming to me and saying things like, you know, so-and-so, you know, I, I had an idea, but I didn't speak up. And then, you know, Michael, you know, had the same idea. In fact, his was worse, but he spoke up. And then they said, yes, and now he's got the recognition for it, but it was my idea. And I was like, but you never said it. So now the people I work with are ambitious professionals, people who want to get to that next level in their career, but they know that their communication is holding them back. And and I I do this through one-on-one coaching. I run small group programs. Um, I have a, a a membership site. Um, as well, which is more of an accountability program and, and a podcast as well, mm-hmm. which I release weekly. Yeah. So that's me in a, in a nutshell. I hope that was no, nutshelly enough. Fantastic. I was going <laughs> to ask you about the change from architecture to, because I was obviously stalking your LinkedIn profile before um, we got on, but yeah, the change from architecture to um, doing what you do. But one of the things just wanted to pick you up on, you know, around that fear that we have of public speaking, because apparently it's like the number one fear. Um which is bizarre when you think about all the horrible things that could happen to you in life. So um, why do we fear it so much? Is it around not seeing our own value or not believing in ourselves or is there something different in that as well? Well, that's that's definitely a component of it. Yeah. Um, and that that's a, that's a huge topic. So not believing in yourself or not believing that you have something worth sharing Mm. right that also that that's not just restricted to public speaking that also relates to being in a meeting Mm. right so imagine if you don't believe that you are worthy or that you don't have any good ideas to share and you're in a meeting with a group of executives or senior people that's going to hold you back from speaking up or even saying hey I disagree or hey I think that we should do this because you're mm. already there thinking, who am I to even be in this meeting? Why am mm. I here? I don't have anything useful to share. Why would they want to listen to me? You know, so that mindset is, it's crippling. It really mm. is crippling. So, um, and in the work that I do with people, the mindset is always the first place we start. Because mm. I could tell you, oh, you know, say say this or unclasp your hands and stop saying um, but none of that is going to work if you in here fundamentally don't believe that you deserve to be there. Mm. But to, to your specifically to your question around where does that fear come from when it comes to public speaking, it's also around this fear of, of being rejected. Mm. And it's a very primal fear. You know, our brain has this fight or flight response that is there to keep us safe. Mm. So when it's so back in the, you know, caveman days when we would be about to be eaten by a bear, we would we would freeze up or we, our adrenaline would pump and our, and our hearts would run like crazy and that would get us ready to fight or to run away because mm. um, our brain is trying to keep us safe. Whereas now when we get up to speak, we're still in that position of vulnerability, but our brain doesn't know the difference between getting eaten by a bear or being mm. publicly humiliated. Mm. It doesn't know that one of them is going to end in death and the other one is not, but mm. the response is still the same. Mm. Um, so learning to understand 
why you feel that fear and where it comes from is one of the first steps to then overcoming it. Mm. Because when we can understand our fear, we can better manage it. How long does it take? And I, this is a how long is a bit of string question, so I don't expect mm. you know an exact I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. Is it two years? No. Um, how long does it take to actually acquire that confidence? Do you do because uh, people always get nervous, I think, but just to have the, the confidence around public speaking and to get better at it is is it something that take you could develop in a few weeks or is it ongoing or take months? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's a really good question. And you're right, it does depend. It depends on a lot of different factors. Firstly, everyone needs to understand that everyone's at a different level. Mm. So no one is at the same level because we all have different experiences. We all have different upbringings. We all have different you know, mindsets that are telling us all different things. So we're all at different levels. And for some people, certain situations are scarier than others. So Mm. I like to think of it as we all have our own little personal comfort bubble. So pretend that, you know, I'm on a very narrow screen here. So pretend you've got your, in this little comfort bubble, when you push to the edge of that bubble, it gets, it it hurts, right? It's Mm. it's, it's scary. Like, oh, I don't want to go past there. So for you, maybe your comfort bubble is um, speaking up in a meeting right? Simply or asking a question in a meeting Mm -hmm. in front of 12 colleagues. So maybe that is scary for you, right? So you're here in this little bubble. So what your goal is, is to then challenge yourself to push out of that comfort bubble, right? Mm -hmm. So that will feel scary and you'll know it because your heart will race and you'll get a, a dry mouth and all of that, all of those physical sensations that indicate that you are feeling anxious. But Mm -hmm. what might happen is you might ask the question, you'll speak up, and you wait for the terrible thing to happen, and then your manager might, and then your manager might turn to you and say, "Hey, Susan, that was a great question. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I think we should do that." And then you go, "Oh!" And you've just successfully pushed past your little comfort bubble, right? Yeah. In that in that situation, so you might then, and that's where the confidence comes mm. from. So what I like to think of it as is the confidence doesn't come before you push out of the comfort bubble. Mm. You need the courage. So you need Mm. courage to push through. And then once you're on the other side, then you feel a little bit more confident. Mm. Now, then on the other side of that comfort bubble, you're not free, right? You're not free yet. There's another bubble. bubble. Exactly. It's like a little bit bigger. And there's another bubble. And so for you, this might be um, giving a presentation to those same 12 people Mm. or maybe speaking up in a meeting of 50 people, right? So it's going to be a little bit different for you each time. And for everyone, their comfort bubbles are at different levels. Mm. So for me, I have worked really hard on pushing myself out of my comfort bubble multiple, multiple times. Mm. So I've done, I've pushed myself where I started a blog and then that was my first comfort bubble. Then I started a podcast and that was the next level. And then I did, and then I joined Toastmasters and then I did stand up comedy and then I went busking on the street and all oh, of those geez. things were terrifying, <laughs> right? So my comfort bubble is maybe relative to other people's quite, quite big, but I still have one. So there are still situations where I, um, you know, still get nervous in because it's new to me. It's, it's an ongoing journey. So it's not a destination that you just reach and you go, I'm confident now. Like, look at me. I'm, I'm super confident. It doesn't happen. I, I'm going to encourage everyone uh, watching or listening to this that it's your 
it's your duty to challenge yourself every day Mm. and to do those small things that scare you every single day, whether that's striking up a conversation with the checkout person at the supermarket or being the first to speak in a meeting or volunteering to do a short presentation. Just continue to do that um, every day or every week or as often as you can. And then before you know it, you'll get a year down the track or six months down the track and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing mm. this thing now without even worrying. Mm. Was, that what you, was that what you found most useful was sort of stretching yourself out of the bubble with getting more confident in communicating? Yeah, did you, absolutely. What did you learn about yourself in that? That's a really good question. Something that is key to communication is not just knowing how you communicate but also learning how other people communicate. Have you heard of the DISC communication styles before? Yeah, I've heard the name yeah. of them. Yeah, not yeah or like Myers-Briggs. There's, there's a yeah. bunch of different like personality tests where uh, and I'm sure many people have done them or heard of them. Uh, where you learn about yourself and how you behave and how you communicate and then how others do as well. Mm. And I'll give you an example. So so this is a game changer for me. So something that I used to struggle with when communicating with people was, you know how some people are naturally very direct Mm. and to the point and they're not very empathetic and they're not very, like, I'm going to say nice. Like, they don't come across as, oh, that's such a nice, such a nice person. They're just mm. very, like, they're very, they look at you and they ask you really direct <laughs> questions. And they're very short, mm. as in, like, short to the point. I used to get really flustered talking to those people. I would think to myself, oh, my God, are they mad at me? What have I done? Am I am I boring them? Am I not talking quick enough? Am I, am I, am I not? And, and I would just worry that I'd said something wrong or they didn't like me. And then that would make me really anxious and then I would start to ramble and, and get all nervous. And, and as soon as you start to get nervous and anxious, your communication is going to drop. Mm. Um, your effectiveness is going to drop because we can't communicate clearly and be effective when we're in that fear response. Because mm. remember, when we're in fight or flight, we're preparing to run away or we freeze up. So the body's not allowing you to think rationally or respond mm. properly. So the anxiety, you know, it's, it's not going to help you. But what I learned, right, when I learned about DISC and different communication styles, I learned that some people are naturally more direct. Mm. They're not impatient. I mean, they can be, but they just want to know the answer. So mm. they don't care about how your day is. They're not going to ask how are you, how was your weekend, because that's just not important to them. What's important to them is how are you going with that task? Can mm. you get the job done? When is it going to be delivered? So they, there's no fluff. They're just saying exactly what's needed. In fact, mm. they would say, why would I ask you about your holiday? Like, why does that even matter? <laughs> we're not talking holidays. We're, we're, talking talking about, we're here to talk <laughs> about work, right? Yeah. And, but then yeah. there's other people for whom building the relationship is important. So that's why so you want to talk about their holiday because you want to feel that connection first and make a little bit of small talk first um, before you get into the work stuff. And then some people naturally like to tell more stories. I love to tell stories. You know, they they might they like to add a little bit of fluff to their sentences because that's how they like to talk. Mm. And learning that there are 
different ways in which people naturally communicate and there's nothing wrong with you, right? That is so, so powerful. Mm. So when I learned that, I then started to learn that I can actually adapt the way that I communicate with people who are very direct and to the point. Mm. So when someone who's very direct and to the point says, ask me a very direct question, I just respond very directly back. Mm. I don't freak out. I don't go, oh, my God, are they mad at me? I just think to myself, that's just how they communicate. So I'm going to communicate back to them in that same way and they'll appreciate that. Mm. That makes sense. You know, the one I really struggle with is poker Mm. face. It's just, you know, it's like when you get a poker-faced interviewer and you're like, I've got no idea because you you get, you get adept at reading the visual cues and you know, yes. with people sort of like you're saying, but the poker face one totally, totally flaws me. I find that I go on a massive ramble or just lose the plot basically. So, yeah. I once gave a talk to a group of accountants. <laughs> I'm pitying you already, but go yep. on. Um, as you can tell, the way I speak, I'm very expressive. I smile a mm. lot. I'm very, and in person, I'm very energetic. I like to bring a lot mm. of energy. And these accountants were all sitting, looking at me like this. Oh, God. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I know, right? In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, they're bored. I'm not interesting. Have mm. I done something wrong? Do they not like me? And so I started to be even more over the top and excited because I'm like, well, clearly I'm not being energetic enough, so I need to do this more. Because when we get stressed, we tend to be more yeah. of what we already are. And yeah. what do you think that made them do? <laughs> they were like this even, like they were even yeah. <laughs> scaring us now. And I learned, yeah. and since then, you know, I learned, oh, okay, so accountants tend to be more process driven they may not they're not necessarily very expressive and this is a gross generalization of course um my accountant's very personable and he's very funny <laughs> um but, but this is what i found in that one situation so it's you know whereas if i'm giving a presentation to a group of sales managers you know sales people tend to naturally be more extroverted they tend to be more lively and expressive. So they're going to be more, yeah, rah, rah. So maybe I can bring the energy more because that's the way they like to be communicated with. So there's definitely a skill. It's not just about how you're speaking, but it's also mm. about how is what are the other people doing and how do they want to be spoken to. That definitely makes sense. That sense. Nish, have we got any? I'm sorry, I've been going blah blah and asking all the questions, but no, 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 no. That that's fine. I, I I'm really enjoying the the discussions. You know, I can I can give you one example of the of my bubble. You know, especially when it comes to to you know when when I'm walking down into the shopping center and I see someone selling something. <laughs> uh, you know, I. I I literally find a way out, and I've I've invented new ways. The first way is to pick <laughs> my phone out and say, "Hi, darling. Yes, I'm going to bring that. Yes, no, 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 don't worry about it." And I just walk past. But I'm so afraid that I will actually buy that stuff, you know. So I don't have, a, you know, a lit- I, I really don't have the courage to say, you know what, I don't want this right now. And once the lockdown ends, that's the one that I will have to really practice when I'm back in Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting when we notice 
you know, for everyone watching this, you know, if you can think of a situation where you notice yourself getting anxious or trying to avoid, that's usually a sign of something that's going on in on in here. And, you know, Nashad, maybe there's, you said before that you don't want them to feel rejected, um, you know, and that shows that you care a lot about other people's feelings. You know, you, you may not want to hurt their feelings. I'm also curious as to, is there something in there where maybe you're worried that they might think that you are not a very nice person for rejecting them? So there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, playing, playing out here. And usually we have the fear of, uh, you know what what people are thinking about us you know so that's so for everyone listening it's 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 I mean and it can be hard to do that for yourself and this is why you know this is why having a coach or an accountability partner or, or something comes in handy because they can ask you those questions and help you to to think okay well why am I feeling anxious around this what is the real you know what's really going on here yeah and one, one other thing is that I if I, I don't want to feel rejected myself, so that's what comes up, that I don't want someone else to feel that way. Hey, Rockstar, I want to take a quick break to let you know that I'm running one more Speak Up and Lead group coaching program for 2020. As some of you may know, I'm popping out a tiny human later this year, so I have space left in the year for one more 10-week program. So if you are looking to develop your confidence and your leadership and communication skills and to do so in a supportive environment, make sure you apply for that program now. The program will be starting in July this year. It's the last one I'll be running for the year, so make sure you jump on it if this is something you are serious and committed to doing. Go to the cmethod.com slash group coaching. That's the cmethod.com slash group coaching for more information and to apply. All right, let's get back to the show. One of the things I wanted to ask was around like your physicality. So are there any great exercises that you can do to get the, the energy flowing up and through your voice and through your actions before a presentation that you're doing? Is there anything that you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Uh, there are a couple things that I like to do. If I'm noticing myself very being very, uh, if I'm noticing myself being being nervous and I've got a lot of pent up energy, I will put on my headphones and put on a really happy song and I'll dance like crazy and I'll just dance out all of my energy. Mm. That's one way. Um, another way is the complete opposite and that is to do a grounding exercise. So this is where you stand with your feet underneath your hips and you just it's it's like a mindfulness exercise where you focus your feet on the ground and you imagine that you've got I like to imagine I've got tree roots growing out from my feet and rooting me into the ground mm-hmm. and then I I squeeze and I do this exercise with uh, when I run workshops as well, I'll tell people to squeeze their calf muscles, squeeze their knees, squeeze their thighs, squeeze their butt, like squeeze your butt really hard. <laughs> and it brings and it brings your awareness to your yeah. lower body. And you feel, you feel strong, like you mm. can't be pushed over. Mm. So if you're standing there to present and you've got your feet crossed over and your hips to one side and you look like I could physically push you over, you're mm. not going to be a very, you're not coming from a, you know, a strong foundation from which to speak. Mm. So, you know, standing with your feet apart, bringing that awareness to your lower body, keeping your upper body relaxed because you don't want to be tense up here, 
But I find that squeezing the lower body, uh, you know, helps to draw attention to there. And then the next step is to do some breathing. Mm. So deep breathing into, into the diaphragm will help to reduce um, the anxiety as well because it circulates the oxygen through your system and it tells your brain that everything's fine. Mm. You know, we're, like, we're falling asleep. We're so relaxed. We're, mm. we're chilled. The breathing that we don't want is the like the short chest breathing, which is what you do when you're running away from something. Mm. Again, the fight or flight response. So the breathing really helps um, to calm to calm you down. And there are many you know breathing exercises you can do for your vocal tone in terms of being able to project well as well. Because if you don't have air in your lungs, you're not going to be able to speak with much yeah. projection. You're going to be like creaking your voice like this. <laughs> Yeah. So that that breath is important. Yeah. One of the things I used to find really useful that just seemed to make a big difference was just telling myself I was going to enjoy the presentation like instead of dreading it and going, yeah, I'm going for a presentation. It's going to be great. I'm going to connect with everybody. They're going to get me. It's all going to work well. And it was amazing just that simple mind switch into this will be fun. I'm going to enjoy it versus, oh, God, another presentation. Um, really, really made a difference. So, and um, there's that great TED talk by Amy Cuddy, you know, the one with the power poses and things like that. And I often do the Wonder Woman before I do a presentation. I found that to be fantastic as well. So, um, and that's a great TED talk if anybody's um, interested to, to Google that. Yeah, for sure. I think that mindset. Uh, go ahead, Christina. I'll just uh, oh, no, you know find the ahead. question as a question. I know I've only go got ahead. a few minutes left. The question is how to stop being conscious uh, of yourself while on a video call and not feel mm -hmm. awkward. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on that? And this is the last question, audience, and then we will wrap up this call. Sure. Well, I think that question applies to any situation because a lot of people feel self-conscious you know, not even on a, on a video call, really, it's a big one because it doesn't just happen like that, right? We were talking before, Caroline, about mm -hmm. how long does it take to build confidence? You know, it, it takes time and it takes, it takes that effort. So feeling self-conscious, one big step to take is to stop caring mm -hmm. what, other people think, what other people think about you because the self-conscious part of it comes from do they think I am? You know, do they think I'm boring? Am I coming across as this? Am I, you know, am I not smart enough? Am I not funny enough? If you just stop caring and go, well, you know what? I don't care what you think of me because mm. I'm here for another purpose and that is to share a message or, you know, whatever that purpose is. That is one of the key things to removing or minimising that, that feeling of self-consciousness. Now, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy um, and it takes time to, to shift, but that is, that is a, a really powerful thing to just aim for letting go of, just letting go mm. of this desire to be liked by people, this desire mm. to have other people's approval, mm. you know, and then what happens is you then start to feel comfortable with just being who you are and you're fine with that because you, you just don't care what other people mm. think. And it won't ever go fully go away. Um, mm. I still care what people think about me, but I used to care a lot more. Mm. But I care a lot less now. 
and that helps me to express myself in a way that that I want without worrying um, so much about what people think. And being a lot more authentic about it, I would imagine, as well. So we do, I mean, yeah. we do get caught up. I'm just reflecting on what Nesh was saying about um, being sold to by the vendors in the street, you know. It's this complex thing going on in your head around will I offend them, will they like me, you know. I wouldn't like to be all sorts of things that, that go on in that, that scenario that get in the way of just saying no or saying yes. But, yep. uh, yeah. So, And I think turning, um, coupling that also with shifting your focus, like what you are saying, Caroline, about how you shift your focus when you present instead of thinking, oh, I have to do this terrible presentation, mm. how awful, going, you know, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. Mm. Another thing I like to think of is it's an opportunity. This is mm. an opportunity for me to share this thing that I'm that I feel so strongly about. So mm. if you in a meeting, for example, if you shift your focus to, you know, I'm here to connect with my colleagues or I'm mm. here to share some new updates or a new idea that I have, you know, that's that, that people need to hear. If you have that mindset coupled with the thought process of, and I don't care if you like it or not, I'm just mm. going to put it out there, mm. then that, that's all going to help help a lot. Mm, definitely. It's been absolutely fantastic, Christina. Thanks for sharing. I know that everyone would have gotten great value out of that because we've, you've touched on so many things that people struggle with. And I think it's affirming for people to know that it's a lifelong, you know, even somebody who's as polished as you, is a, it's a lifelong journey as well that, and I love your analogy about the bubble, you know, keep keep stepping in, poking the bubble and stepping out. I think that's, yeah. um, you know, a really practical thing that, that people can do as, as hard as it might be, basically. That's right. Christina, thank you very much again. You've been absolutely sensational. And some of the things that I think, you know, uh, Caroline did mention about the analogy, but I think there are there are a lot of gold nuggets to take away from this. So thank you again. big thanks to Neshad Gadani and Carolyn Brown for featuring me on their LinkedIn Live recently or to talk about how to communicate like a pro and also for allowing me to share that conversation again on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you come on over to LinkedIn. If we haven't yet connected, come on over, connect with me and send me a message. Let me know that you, you heard the episode and that you enjoyed it. That would be awesome. would love to hear your feedback. And also a reminder that if you want to develop your communication, leadership skills and your confidence in a supportive training environment, then make sure you apply for my online group coaching program at thecmethod.com slash group coaching. All right. Thanks for spending some time with me today, Rockstar. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs>